Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, Goliath Technologies and Liquidware. If you're at VMworld next week, swing by their boots and check out what they have to show. And now for some news. VMware vSphere version 6.3 CU3 has been released. It's such a large suite that I won't get into every single new feature, but I'll do the short version. So first up in vCenter version 6.7 CU3, they've added support for a dynamic relationship between the IP addresses settings of a vCenter server appliance and a DNS server by using the dynamic domain name service. The DDNS client in the appliance automatically sends secure updates to DDNS servers on scheduled intervals. Also in this version, you can configure virtual machines and templates with up to four NVIDIA virtual GPU devices to cover use cases requiring multiple GPU accelerators attached to a virtual machine. With vSphere Server 6.7 Update 3, you can publish your .vmtx templates directly from a published library to multiple subscribers in a single action instead of performing a synchronization from each subscribed library individually. As I said, that's a short version. There are more features that have been added too. You can read the entire list for yourself with the link that I'll provide with this episode, which is episode 86 under reference links on 5bytespodcast.com. And moving on to ESXi version 6.7 update 3, the same enhanced NVIDIA virtual GPU support has been added into ESXi as it was in vCenter. The IXG Ben driver adds Q pairing to optimize CPU efficiency. There's also some VMXNet 3 enhancements with ESXi 6.7 Update 3 adding guest encapsulation offload and UDP and ESP RSS support to the enhanced networking stack. Checksum calculations are offloaded from encapsulated packets to the virtual device emulation and you can run RSS on UDP and ESP packets on demand. UDP RSS supports both IP version 4 and version 6 while ESP RSS supports only IP version 4. Other drivers that are currently available within ESXi are also getting enhancements and updates in this version. Again, you can check out a full list under reference links on 5bytespodcast.com. Next up on vSAN, there's a remarkably long list of new features that include things like significant performance enhancements, enhanced capacity monitoring, enhanced resync monitoring, proactive rebalancing enhancement, and much more. Power CLI version 11.4 has also been released that adds support for Horizon View version 7.9, adds new commandlets for the storage module, updates that same module's commandlets, and updates HCX module commandlets too. With VMworld in just a few days' time, you can expect more news from VMware on next week's episode of the podcast. Ars Technica had a fascinating story this week about findings made by Ronald Eichenberg on a seriously questionable Kaspersky feature. He discovered that the product was taking a unique identifier from his machine 
and was passing it using JavaScript for every single site that he visited, no matter what browser he used, or even if he was using incognito mode in Chrome. I should clarify, that's no matter what major browser he was using, like say Google Chrome, Firefox, Opera. This particular vulnerability is CVE-2019-8286. When Eichenberg reported his findings to Kaspersky, they promptly removed that feature. In an official statement, Kaspersky stated that Kaspersky has changed the process of checking web pages for malicious activity by removing the usage of unique identifiers for the GET requests. This change was made after Ronald Eichenberg reported to us that using unique identifiers for the GET requests can potentially lead to the, to the disclosure of a user's personal information. After our internal research, we have concluded that such scenarios of users' privacy compromise are theoretically possible, but are, but are unlikely to be carried out in practice due to their complexity and low profitability for cyber criminals. Nevertheless, we are constantly working on improving our technologies and products, resulting in change in this process. We'd like to thank Ronald Eichenberg for reporting this to us. So in that statement, you can see that they're claiming that this was being used as part of a process for checking web pages for malicious activity. Also, what I found interesting during the article is that Eichenberg stated he noticed this goes back several years and that it does not seem to inject into the Tor browser and Kaspersky themselves confirmed that they do not interact with Tor traffic. Bleepingcomputer.com reports that two high severity vulnerabilities impacting all versions of the Kubernetes open source system for handling containerized apps can allow an unauthorized attacker to trigger a denial of service state. Kubernetes development team has already released patched versions to address these newly found vulnerabilities to block potential attackers. As I've stated on the podcast before, the notion that containers are de facto secure is a misconception and using tools like New Vector are important to keep your environment secure. And in a perfect coincidental segue, ZDNet reports that McAvee are set to acquire Nanosec, makers of a container security product. McAfee said Nanosec's security capabilities will be applied to applications and workloads deployed in containers and Kubernetes environments, giving customers app-level segmentation for detecting and preventing threats. The article also goes on to suggest there are rumors that McAfee may intend to float on the stock market again, so key acquisitions like this could add value for such a move. Microsoft have acquired a company called JClarity. In the official announcement, it is said JClarity will be bringing its expertise in Java, OpenJDK, and performance tuning and applying all of those capabilities and know-hows to Java workloads on Azure for customers like Adobe, Dimer, and more. They will also be supporting other services such as Azure HD Insights and Microsoft-affiliated organizations such as Minecraft. GitHub have introduced a new feature direct into the editor UI. 
you are now able to right-click on a function in your code or a method name to see all references to it. As Asim Aslam stated on Twitter, GitHub really is becoming the development environment now, which is pretty cool. Sticking with cool features for GitHub, there is now a Google Cloud Run button that you can embed into your repo that can deploy your Git repos to Cloud Run as serverless apps. It stated that this works best when you're using Docker files. So how cool is that? You can containerize apps with Docker and then put a play button in your repo when sharing that, which when launched will launch into GCP. It's pretty nifty. Control up version 7.5.1.1 has been released. It feels like it was just a few weeks ago that I talked about the release of version 7.4. There have been some changes to the aesthetics like renaming of computer to machine, adding different color schemes and so on. But by far the biggest feature in this release in my opinion would be the new console edition focused on monitoring virtualization environments. I'm looking forward to checking that one out myself. PowerShell version 7 Preview 3 is now available. PowerScale version 2.1 has been released. In this release, Lee has reduced script runtime and resource due to run spaces now being implemented. There have been bug fixes with regards to time comparisons. And CIM implemented for performance monitoring, simplifying the setup and adding better compatibility. And now some weekly webinars. WorkSpot will be holding a webinar on August 27th at 11 a.m. Eastern. They've stated that during the broadcast, you won't experience depth by PowerPoint. You'll hear real experiences, see live demos, and benefit from peer question and answers. Topics include the journey as CIO's perspective on moving to cloud desktops, how cloud VDI creates business growth opportunities, and also an open forum opportunity to discuss and ask questions. Goliath will also be holding a webinar on August 22nd at 12.30 p.m. Eastern that will demonstrate how to proactively manage and troubleshoot your entire VMware Horizon infrastructure from a single unified console. You'll see how a single troubleshooting workflow of integrated and correlated data allow you to more quickly identify and troubleshoot root cause which is pretty much Goliath's real strength is they're able to take what some other products in that space require you to like almost endlessly drill down into to find information or have multiple dashboards in order to kind of piece together yourself. They correlate a lot of data together to provide in a single console view. And now this episode scripts, tricks and tips. So I got a couple this week. First one is a short but sweet one. BuildAzure.com have a really great set of Azure related Visio stencils that are available for download and use. If you're an architect or even an engineer who is embarking on cloud projects, you're probably going to want to download those. And also my buddy Tobias at Northern Arizona University shared on Twitter that they have updated their simple Zen server backup script that is freely available on the NAU backup GitHub repo. 
If you work with Zen Server and want a quick, easy way to handle backups and restores of VMs on Zen Server, you should really check this out. And sorry if the audio or my voice is not as clear as usual. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. Unfortunately, this is going to happen every once in a while considering I don't take a week off. And before I wrap up, I just wanted to mention too that the Fantasy Premier League that I've mentioned on previous episodes of the podcast is now well underway. And as promised, the first spot prize is now up for grabs too. The best team name will win an Amazon voucher and I need your help to pick the winner. I've got a one question with all of the team names listed. If you'd be so kind, if you could go to that under reference links for this episode, which is episode 86 on 5bytespodcast.com. I'll put it somewhere near the top. If you could just pick what you think the best team name is, that will help me pick the winner. Democracy in action, huh? And that's it for another episode. Thank you all so much for listening.